Thanks for listening to the Benefits Breakdown. Stay tuned until the end of our next episode titled Making Benefit Headlines and Building Health Plans to receive a code for SHRM credit. Now, enjoy the episode. Welcome to another episode of the Benefits Breakdown. I'm Vanessa Longnecker here with... Hey, everybody. Jared Boca with you today. Hi, everyone. Adam Compton. I'm ready for some fun. Are you, Vanessa and Jared? I'm ready. We're here to talk about all things open enrollment. Tis the season and certainly an important topic because we always say everything is equally important in this world, but equally important to your benefit design and structure that we spend so much time on as leaders this time of year is how you truly communicate that back to your workforce and build that employee value proposition in how you invest. The reality is 86% of employees say that benefits play a significant role in their decision to stay with an employer. So your open enrollment period is a very unique time of year to reinforce that investment. The reality is 25% of employees say they don't have an understanding of all the benefits that their employer provides, and yet 50-plus percent want to leverage benefits but want to spend as little time as possible to learn about them. Interesting conundrum indeed. We use a lot of tools in our world to better understand the workforce. Let's talk a little bit about those, Jared. Vanessa, you share some interesting stats about how important benefits are, how employees do want to learn more about them. The challenge is how does an employer communicate most efficiently to their people, right? How do we, using the trendy HR phrase right now, how do we meet our people where they are? One of the things that we do on a regular basis, and all three of us are pretty familiar with this, is a generational demographic analysis. Let's look at a specific client's demographics and break it down genera- generationally because each generation has a preferred method of communication. Some of them blend. Some of them want to be communicated through paper. Still, you still have that generation that wants that in the workforce. Some want to be technology, maybe like a digital flipbook. Some want everything mobile. Some want a combination of it. So how does an employer communicate? You have to, just like anything else, use data. Let the data tell you the story of how to communicate best to your people. Once you put together a plan to do that, it makes it so much easier and so much more efficient. And there's so many tools out there to communicate in all those different venues of communication. Adam, what are some of your favorite ways to communicate? You're, you're probably the most creative out of the three of us on, on ways to communicate and bring that to clients. <laughs> He's got lots of dad jokes nonetheless. Yes, you know, yes he does. If, if that works to open up open enrollment, it is the second most wonderful time of the year behind Christmas. But, you know, it's one of those where... I go back to, and this is an old story that somebody told me that you can have the best benefits in the world and you communicate them poorly. People don't get them. But then the other side, which you have horrible benefits, but you invest in the communication, you could almost train the brain that my benefits are are great, even though they might not be. So kind of laying a little bit of a baseline, you don't have to have the world's best benefits to really invest into open enrollment. And I think where you, I love what you're building on there, Jared, with reaching people where they are. Uh, you're going to need that. And you're also going to have to understand that my 73-year-old mother text messages more than I do. She's just got an ability. So we need to blend those platforms beyond just the maybe perceived millennial world. Can she teach my mom how to how to do that a little bit? No, I'm just kidding. She might set up a FaceTime class and yeah, she'll, she'll get a Zoom link <laughs> out after this is over here. But but I'll just kind of, one, last, one kind of thought in there is that I think we have the ability to, when we're doing something, are people going to read it? So you have to be able to challenge subject lines and emails, visuals if it's a teaser video, uh, brain shark recordings, 
uh, Zoom meetings, have them be engaging and know your population. And this might go back to understanding and being really honest with you. What do your people care about? And if you're not going to do it and you're going to get five people to show up, is it really worth it? So I don't know if you're seeing the same thing in the world of engagement, but I think some people want to invest a lot of money, but they don't also get the return because they're just kind of going through the status quo. Yep. I'd also highlight that, you know, we've been doing this collectively for decades, right? So this is truly, as I led with, a unique time of year for employers to maximize the value of their investments, right? And where I see cultural, right, differentiators that drive things well beyond other organizations is when we see leadership engagement, when we see their CEO or their C-suite stand up and deliver a message, rally the troops, get them excited and or help manage the change in parallel with other counterparts or broker partners or the like. I do think it is a unique, as mentioned, opportunity to do so, and it's often overlooked by other organizations. So it is, it's intriguing, right, to see how different each of these experiences can be by unique organization. You, you gave that stat of 86% of employees will stay at an employer for benefits. I've heard that stat a few times over the last couple months as the war of talent is out there and it's real. This is the time to highlight those. This is the time to highlight what you've done and and don't cut corners at open enrollment. Make sure that you are spending the time to highlight those things that you've been spending so much time as, as an HR team with your broker, with your consultant to highlight those things that you're bringing about. There's so many great new benefits out there and we're going to talk about some of those that are trends that you can really highlight this open enrollment and make sure that you're meeting your people with the needs that they have and that they want. And we'll go through a bunch of things that people will help you retain your talent. That's what it's all about is retaining that talent. You don't want them to walk out the door. Let's highlight those things that you've spent so much time to build. When you talked about the demographic analysis before, that I think often gets lost on, okay, I have an employee and I either choose or I don't choose my plan. Well, all right, you also have your spouse, you've got dependents, you've got people that pick or don't pick your plan. Build that into your open enrollment. Uh, in a weird way, COVID taught us to be virtual. And if we could picture pre-COVID, many employers, and still do, get in a room, talk in blended benefits. And historically, I think we've, if we've been a part of these meetings, the same people show and then the same people don't show. If we created more of a virtual engagement to can track and have technologies that are built within all these different platforms to track who can show up, we're now reaching those that could maybe not make a meeting before, we're reaching a spouse that might be a different schedule, we're reaching somebody else that might have not been available for whatever the reason. And the challenge to the, the, the audience is really to set your plan, but track, track, track it. And if you're going to do it, put the efforts in to make sure that it's worthwhile on the back end. And I think that builds into that, uh, not to jump the gun, but kind of post-open enrollment meeting, plan for that. Get ready end of your first part of 2023. What went well when it's really fresh in your brain and uh, and dig further. So true. I mean, ultimately, you've just highlighted the fact that we have more mediums than ever before that are acceptable by, by many that weren't previously, right, leveraged. So it is back to the generational workforce assessment, understanding not only how your folks like to learn, but layering and having multifaceted strategies to engage your teammates goes a long ways in today's world. 
That said, I'd also challenge as leaders or listeners to think well beyond just the basics, right? When it comes to how and what topics you want to engage your teammates around this open enrollment cycle. And again, that isn't just the basics of plan design or potential changes, but all of the other unique benefits that make you and your your organization really right, stand out from the rest. So make sure you're focusing your energy not just on the transactional relationship of the renewal itself and what teammates need to know, but all of the other great benefits you provide all year long and ensuring that those are not equally overlooked. I, I love to build on um, and a piece at uh, bbrown.com on our news and events that I'd love for you to check out because it goes into strategies and things to consider for open enrollment. And for, for friends of the show, if there's one thing we're pretty passionate about is mental health. Let's be honest this year. Let's let's make that a forefront, and that's one of the things that was highlighted in that document, and and really things that you can do in open enrollment to drive that engagement. And I want to build on something Vanessa you said earlier, uh, and we've we've really built up Powell Brown uh, openly, our, our CEO, as he's taken a leadership role both on the on the visibility at open enrollment, but also promoting mental health. If that's possible for your organization, I'd encourage you to do it. But in there, you've got a few action items that you could absolutely do. Uh, I just want to give you some of them because I think they're really, really helpful. But just generalize, promote your resources. One is be really honest with yourself and even ask a few of your teammates or associates. Many don't know what's available to them. So start from the basics and understand that need to be learning about their telehealth or virtual access to clinicians. Uh, From there, you want to really drive that engagement, create an incentive. We find raffles and they don't have to be really expensive. We get excited, it seems like, for, for 50 bucks or 25 bucks or a Starbucks coffee card. Things like that will create engagement. And we've seen that, that math work really well. Uh, downloading the app. So if you have a telehealth service, drive through that engagement or raffle. Make, people, make sure people download it. Because once you have it downloaded, the stats are just through the roof of, I have one less barrier to care to get that done. Uh, Download and register. Right. And register. That's that's the thing. <laughs> Just download it. Have your information on there. And I think we can all share horror stories or wonderful stories of when we've seen that work well and not work well. Uh, and the other fi- kind of few pieces, and we've talked about the EAP with Dr. Joel Axler recently, uh, was really talk about that reimagined EAP. What what are the real resources that people are looking for? Uh, so you can help promote those programs to sm- support mental health. And this isn't just at open enrollment, is that they're armed in 2023 to get it when they need it. I don't know if you both are seeing something similar or other strategies in the mental health space. I actually love that we started with this one because it's something hopefully our listeners are seeing that all of us are pretty passionate about. But I think that most employers are getting to where they're offering digital solutions in this space. And I think this is a great time of year. If you're not, you should really be considering some type of digital solution with your behavioral and mental health benefits so that people have easy access. Adam, you mentioned that phrase, eliminate that barrier to care. Ease of access, I think, is the biggest barrier for behavioral and mental health benefits. And if we can make it simple, make it a couple touches on a phone to get access to that, it can set a digital appointment, whether it be virtual on video or even telephonic. We see stats go off the charts with engagement more so than they ever have been with these types of benefits and getting people access to care, um, particularly with the knucklehead men who have maybe hesitated to do that. For whatever reason, they feel more comfortable. No. <laughs> For whatever reason, they feel more comfortable 
engaging in a digital platform and we see that the statistics of men being engaged in those benefits go higher than they ever have when when they those benefits are highlighted so that's something that is simple not expensive benefit but something to help your people and adam as you talked about what a great time of year to highlight that of offering yeah i mean at the end of the day you want your people to be their best self they bring their best self to work you get the best results right Another big piece of mental health that I want to make sure we highlight is not just the you know physical, emotional piece of it, which are equally important, but it's that financial piece. There's so many layers of overall health and well-being. So a lot of increased focus at this time of year and beyond around, and don't overlook at open enrollment, your tools, whatever they may be around financial wellness education. And the reality is many reports are indicating over two, you know, two-thirds or three-fourths of the employees are stressed about their finances. We've got high inflation, we have market volatility, we have many concerned about planning for retirement on the heels of these current trends. Certainly, emergency savings are paying off debt depending on where they're at in that life cycle of a teammate tenure. But all of these stressors bring and hinder mental and physical health and certainly workplace productivity. So again, great time of year to reinforce the available tools or resources you have for your teammates this renewal cycle and open enrollment period. And I think, think, Vanessa, on that, you want to challenge yourself to be able to Say, did it work? Like, what are your goals in this whole thing? And upfront, be really honest of what success looks like. And is that to have a certain amount of engagement, to have uh, a, maybe a survey after the fact to say, how did we do? Is it decreased number of calls into the HR side, which doesn't mean maybe less engagement, but if you track by topic, maybe it's that they're calling less on benefits because you're arming them with the tools. And there's so many, gosh, we know technology's through the roof. And, and we at Brown and Brown really, drive on that and even through our our own platforms and our benefits portals and 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 all the things that we help deliver we're seeing that grow 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 and we're seeing things like text messaging boom uh text messaging versus email is one of those things that just has such an incredibly larger open rate just ingestion of info than you see with email so i don't know if you can do that based off platforms uh that really is a way to get and reach people it could be virtual enrollment fairs chatbots to help that you know, what's the number for my my health plan instead of calling HR? All those different things are not, to your point, Jared, not that expensive, but they really help reach people. Adam, I think that number is like seven times more likely to be read or nine times. I should have that readily available, but it's so much higher. I mean, to get that text message open, we're all guilty of it, right? No one wants to have those little bubbles up on our phone knowing we have a, a message. We got to get rid of those notifications. <laughs> And we got to check them because if not, it's just burning a hole in our pocket to to, to get it out and look at it. Um, so I sounds like my daughter's. I've got a text message. <laughs> I've got to read it at the dinner table. Exactly, exactly. But it's true. It drives. It it gets those. You know, gets that emotion going. Like I have to re- find out what's going on. Again, as long as it's not overused, right? I mean, I know it's finding that right balance all the time, but super powerful pathway, right? Beyond just traditional email, for sure. I agree, Vanessa. You have to be strategic about it because you don't want to become, again, white noise like a lot of times emails can become where it's just that you get it and you're like, ah, oh, HR is emailing again, boom. And, you know, but if you do strategic and you have a good, a good subject line or a good first line to capture their attention, people will open it and they'll read it and you'll get engagement. And so, yeah, highlighting the behavioral health benefit and doing it the right way, I think is huge. 
Yeah. I mean, throughout all of this, we're talking about how do we layer, right? Layer, 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 distribute information through so many different channels. And I think that is the name of the current game. So many populations, we have many different generations now in the workforce, uh, and we have a lot of unique ways to channel that. So whether it's a mobile app or really, really creative explainer videos, gamification, right, to convey open enrollment informa information at becoming more and more a hot topic, and how do we really have fun with this? At the end of the day, right, what is what stands out to me with decades of doing this is when employers can infuse some layer of humor, right, that's meaningful to their population, it, it's, it's memorable, right? And it gets people engaged. It creates a culture. It's fun, right? And it is something, while be it, we talked and led with stats that 85% want to stay, right, for their benefits. Only 50 plus percent want to really spend, a, you know, they want to spend as little time as possible, meaning the other 50% want to spend a little more than the average, right? So ultimately, You've got a lot of different type of learners and attention spans in the workforce that we need to be amendable to. So, you know, I think that video production, again, senior level involvement, gamification, humor, right? Dividing maybe your meetings into smaller sessions or having individually addressed medical, dental, or supplemental insurance topics on hand so people can micro learn where possible is certainly a tactic that some have found a lot of success with. But again, don't let important benefits sit the bench, right? They're important. And what's important to one might be different to the next, but allowing for your teammates to really take full advantage of and understand the suite of offerings you have available, this is a really unique time of year to do so. I'd love to build on that, Vanessa, with the timing of what everyone's seeing to build a successful open enrollment. With Let's open up the caveat here. There's many different size employers that are friends of the show where some are in open enrollment in four months before because they need to by size. Some don't get renewals until 90 days before the renewal and so are are tied back into that. But just best practices that everybody's seeing from how to set that up, maybe pre-call even before the renewal comes in. So we're set up uh, into open enrollment, even strategies into 2023 so it's consistent in front of everybody. What, uh, what are you both seeing? What I enjoy... I think prefer is probably a better way to say is like you said, there's planning going into it. It's just not something you do at this, this spur of the moment. You have your renewal in hand and you finalize decisions and then, okay, let's start planning communications now. But if you're strategic about it, you've been planning communications throughout the year as well. You're doing different things and you're figuring out what works best for your people. You've hopefully studied the demographics of your people. You know how to meet them where they are. And then you put together a detailed plan going into open enrollment. These are the ways that we're going to communicate and technologies we're going to use to, to meet our people where they are. You put out a detailed plan. We want to highlight benefit X because we're all excited about it from our CEO down. We're excited about this benefit and it's going to be something that we're highlighting. And so I think that making it a detailed plan, having it part of the discussions throughout the year really leads up to being successful. We talked about how big of a part of the year this is. We talk about it in our office. Oftentimes we call open enrollment, the Super Bowl. Um, for HR. Mm -hmm. And you think about it, how far in advance do they start planning that Super Bowl? It's boom, a y years in advance, right? They pick a look. So we don't have that, but they plan for a long time to make sure that the next Super Bowl is successful. It's the same thing with open enrollment. It has to be something that you're strategic and detailed and focused on. 
I agree. I mean, another big part of it that's often overlooked is how do you truly optimize the technology that you have? It's rare, although we still see it from time to time that employers are using paper-based enrollment technology, right? Which is, you know, a little archaic to others. But most, the vast majority are using some layer of technology or benefits administration portal. And the reality is, If you really dig into the weeds, there are ways to optimize those systems so that you can deliver the best message possible because that is when you have an engaged teammate going through the process. So maybe there are benefits that they don't pay anything for, but are they set up in the system to actually click through to draw attention to the fact that, hey, we pay for this for you. It's there for you. And here's a blurb on what's available to help you should you have a need. So again, it seems so simple, but If you haven't revisited your implementation or install and thought through that lens, there are oftentimes ways that you can up the game on even just that experience alone. I love it. I think it's, you know, the the planning function can't be overstated. And then the constant deliverable to build yourself a 12-month calendar doesn't have to be followed to the week or the day, but have constant communication or plan to out uh, or get out new product or or services, or remind people of them over the course of the year. Uh, we, we had a new product launch on the long-term care side. That was probably best launched to our teammates mid-year. That would have got lost in the open enrollment cycle. And then how is that, uh, you know, one of the things in that article was talking about how to make it and add the human element to that. So we're going to digitize and have a lot of this, but how do you, at the end of the day, make those teammates, associates, employees, whatever you might refer to each other as, but in our world, teammates, what, how do you get teammates to care about this? How do you get them to feel that they're being cared for? And in addition to the technology, know that they've got a place to go to. So I don't know if you're seeing other successful points with advocacy partners or uh, call centers or what's been really successful for you both. Yeah, I think those are two really hot topics, right? No, I was going to say, I think strategic dad jokes need to be included into that planning, Adam. I think you could help all, I think you have to. all of our listeners out there with some strategic dad jokes. I mean, you could ask, why does the Beast make Cogsworth stand guard in Beauty and the Beast for those Disney fans? It's because he makes a great watch. Uh, I mean, that's not a, anyway. That's that was today's dad joke for anybody. Tra- uh, tra- Sorry, Vanessa, I totally but- derailed that. <laughs> you were probably going to go somewhere oh, really, really good. good. What would it be if you had a dad joke? <laughs> but to your point, so this is going to sound silly, but if you don't gauge people and you don't get people to stop, they're going to not pay attention. If you're on a virtual Zoom meeting with the entire company. How many times have we been sitting here and the camera might be on the person, but who's facing off to the right, not paying attention? And is it really reaching people? So maybe you can drive uh, different ways to add uh, questions throughout, or you can have little uh, raffles throughout to drive that engagement. So I really think that does help reach people uh, in a different way. I would agree. Or pictures of squirrels. Can't tell you. <laughs> I've seen it. It's amazing. It's a theme. We might need to debrief on that one. That there is a you know a squirrel somehow incorporated into their open enrollment communication every year. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> Regardless, whatever it is for you and your people, you need to find what resonates, right? And I think you know clearly the teams articulate this is not something that is that you should oversimplify, right? By all means, you want to, in the teammate's eyes, you want to ensure you're getting the right information to them at the right time, at the right time of year. So don't overlook, don't let any elements sit the bench, and make sure you have a strategic plan in place to communicate, not just during open enrollment, but beyond. The reality is, again, you put a lot of dollars, time, commitment, and investment into your benefits. 
let's make sure your teammates really know how great they are. Thank you all for joining us today for another episode of the Benefits Breakdown.